with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another Real American episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Real American hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of America's elite. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and Justin and Brian are also on this podcast, and I will be voicing both of them. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Tony. I'm playing Snake Eyes, so I ain't got to say shit. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. So, yeah, so actually we're, we're here at the suggestion of Tony. Tony wanted to discuss the 2009 release of G.I. Joe Resolute. This was originally released as like a, a sort of web series, and then it aired on television kind of as a little hour-long movie and stuff. And it's been a really long time since I've seen it, since probably 2009. But um, we're, we're all here tonight. I've seen it a couple times since then. And I, I will thank Tony. Like, I, I, I joked with Mike about this the other night. Like, I, you got me to crack open the plastic on the, the little DVD that I had in my, on my shelves because I'm always talking about how the, the real purpose of this podcast is to get me to open up all these uh, Blu-rays and DVDs that I buy and just stick on the shelf and never never actually crack open the plastic and watch. So we've, we've, uh, we've managed to uh, uh, unpack another one. So that's, that's where we are tonight. Nice. Good to, good to see that I got you to crack open some plastic. But yeah, uh, what you originally said is pretty much true. I watched this on uh, Adult Swim. And yeah, G.I. Joe Resolute was released in 2009. The, the One of the probably the biggest names associated with this was Warren Ellis. If you were familiar with uh, a lot of his comic work, he's a little bit eccentric, a little bit crazy. He's written some really odd stuff. Transmetropolitan, The Authority... A whole host of other various projects, Agents of Hate, I could go on. But he has a very distinctive style, and this is an animated series, miniseries, but it's a little darker than your normal G.I. Joe. It's more, I wouldn't say realistic, as far as there is some stuff that happens that is, like, you know, pretty fantastical. But as far as the tone, yes, people die. And yes, there are there are actually consequences and stakes. There's no lasers going over everybody's heads. Not everybody jumps out of their vehicle with a parachute. This is, you know, more uh, a more realistic depiction of war. So for like a quick synopsis, 
I'm just going to hit on some major points that uh, happened during the show because there's so much to talk about as far as what you want to dissect. But it basically all starts off with Major Blood, who is a major character as far as one of the Cobra higher ups. And we find him dead in front of, you know, the Lincoln Memorial. He's got a knife through his heart. So that's already more serious than anything we've already experienced. The USS flag we cut to has been sabotaged. And a lot of damage is done, and basically it's kind of listing almost. You know, a Bazooka was uh, one of the guards on duty. He's a, uh, I wouldn't say major character, but he's a well-known character, a popular character during, like, the 85 season of G.I. Joe. He dead. He, he's dead. It's basically uh, revealed after they uh, checked the body, he had a note in his mouth. And it was from Storm Shadow. So, yeah, Major Blood's dead, but... Storm Shadow totally killed Bazooka, and Storm Shadow is usually associated with Cobra. So this is already not to where we're like, what's going on totally, because Cobra's evolved, but why is Major Blood dead? But Snake Eyes, of course, having a pretty much blood feud with Storm Shadow, basically takes off to go take care of the situation. So basically, at this point, Cobra Commander is tired of losing. I think this is where why the stakes have gone higher. They're going to try to get back their some of their financial investments. There is a, as usual in G.I. Joe, there is a very powerful MacGuffin weapon called the Harp. It, it basically can pretty much make kind of like a greenhouse effect times 100. Cobra's plan is, again, to hold the world hostage. Pretty much now they seem to have a pretty good, more serious plan. So we go to, like, different locations, as with G.I. Joe, as they tend to do in their multi-part old series. Um, we see characters like, and this is where I'm going to, like, kind of break it down a little bit less succinctly, because there's, there, like I said, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about our favorite episodes or our favorite installments. But you see characters like Firefly, you see Baroness and Destro, you get a lot of various Joes. You also get a, a badass fight with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. We will definitely have to talk about that. You get a, a bunch of different locations. We we go from New York to Alaska to Siberia. It's just crazy, like, around-the-world, you know, chase to figure out how to stop this. And during this time, Cobra's even amassing more weapons besides trying to get their hands on the harp. They, they get a particle beam weapon. They, like, want nuclear warheads. They have a lot of different goals to help them set up this final master plan they seat the flag which was a huge moment that's like one of gi joe's like most well-known vehicles the most expensive vehicle on the entire line and you know that's kind of a big moment it, eventually it gets to the point where we get our, our final big build up the particle cannon is going to fire and duke because he's our, our hero gets it to fire on where the final assault's going on at Springfield. If you know about the comics, you know what Springfield is. It is basically Cobra home territory. Cobra Commander is, you know, as usual, despite having a well-thought-out plan, retreats to a safe house bunker inside the, the facility. But we don't know his actual whereabouts because the, the, the room is found empty after the huge battle. Basically, we end on something else that will, like... I guess it's not spoilers. Should, should, should we talk about the Storm Shadow Snake Eyes fight before we reveal the spoiler? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you're 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 giving the synopsis. We might as well tell people what happens. Like, you know, Duke turns the 
turns the the super weapon on Springfield instead of Washington D.C. and they think Cobra Commander's blown up, but of course he's not in his you know bunker as you say. And then uh, Dave House, Snake a, Snake a Eyes, yeah, yeah, and Snake Eyes obviously wins his fight with Storm Shadow and you know kills him, but it, it looks like he buries him with. Uh, you know, his own sword and, yeah. and his sword. And then I guess when they cut to the gravesite at the very end, you see uh, there's only one sword. And I guess the insinuation is somehow he he uh, survived the uh, fatal blow and is now roaming around uh, out for vengeance or some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and like we'll get more to that uh, as well. Um, something that Mike is going to bring up that with his joke is a lot of the voices are done by... A small cast. We have Charlie Adler, Eric Bauza, who I'm not really familiar with, Steve Bloob, who anybody who watches cartoons knows who's, who he is, and Gray Delisles, who also, if you watch a lot of cartoons, you're probably familiar with that name. But they pretty much cover all the most of the big characters and even some of the smaller characters. So that's I what think, Mike's joke was, yeah. I, I think if this was SAG, they were they were getting double paychecks because they they certainly have have exceeded three voices or more rule if if this was uh unionized work so right yeah yeah steve bloom does background characters and he's also duke roadblock wild bill ripcord zartan and doc so there you go <laughs> you know you know what's funny like that 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 that's i guess since since we kind of covered sort of what happens and we can start talking about it like i i feel like there's a lot to say about this but I mean, if we're on the topic of the cast and the voice actors, like I get that they didn't have money for a a large cast. And there's even commentary from Warren Ellis where in in his initial drafts, he had a lot more G.I. Joe characters and right. he, he either had to cut those characters out of this script or give the majority of lines to, you know, singular characters right so you you had right. like a lot of these different characters but may, maybe you know the the person that like i guess one of the characters they say they gave the majority of the exposition to was the female dial tone right and she's the one that gives all that kind of explanation about the ionosphere and the stratolites and all that stuff and i will i will just mention Harp is not some made-up bullshit that Cobra. No, it's invented. not. It's not. It's Har a real Harp. Yeah. Harp was a real thing that was in Alaska. It doesn't exist anymore. But it's funny. I was reading about it because I was like, oh, like I, to me, because it's like this was back in 2009, and Warren Ellis, you know, much like the Iron Man Extremis run he wrote, you know, he he, he makes Tony Stark a you know quote unquote futurist, and I think that is something that maybe he would apply a, a term he would apply to himself as well right like trying to see right. where things are headed in the future right and you know when he was writing this and probably like 2007 2008 and then it comes out in 2009 things like stratolites and 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 that kind of thing were like cutting edge technology and i was kind of curious like what the fuck happened to all this shit like do we still have stratolites like are there any stratolites like what did, did did that take off and it's like i don't know i don't know if i did enough digging on it but it, it's funny to me because it seems like all the companies that were really heavily invested in it either got uh like there were some kind of lawsuits and 
it's like it, it, basically major information about stratolites. Like it, it would jump from company to company or they'd get bought out or, you know, whatever would happen. And then it seems like like right around 2014, like you don't hear shit about stratolites anymore. And, you know, again, I'm not a conspiracy nut, but the uh, harp, the the high frequency uh, active uh, what is it? High oral, frequency active, active oral, oral research, research program. program. Like yeah. coincidentally, that all shut down in 2014 as well. So you know there there are those people out there that uh, that uh, you know have theories about how that uh, manipulates people and controls the weather and all this kind of cobra shit. So <laughs> there's that as well, right? Like so it's it's I don't know. It anyway, the whole thing is kind of funny, but it's it's atypical writing of Warren Ellis to bring you know cutting edge technology that he finds intriguing and or interesting and bring it into you know the plot of of something like this which is is very you know it kind of as you described like high stakes you know world shattering type plot right where the cobra's using some kind of i mean it's not like a you know they basically ask is it a nuclear bomb and it's like something different right it's like they're using the yeah the, the radioactive waste of of a nuke to obliterate, you know, I guess in this series they obliterate Moscow. But I thought it was funny too because uh, they said something like, you know, Ellis wanted to obliterate Beijing, but then they wouldn't let him do that. So it's always interesting right. to see see that some things have have not changed in the last ten years or so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know, like like my 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 immediate take on it when I watched it in 2009 was, whoa, this is cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's like that thing where right, you yeah. you're you're easily impressed because and 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 I think some of it's fair and some of it I think maybe is unfair, right? Like there's it, I, it's unfair to say that there's never been death in GI Joe before, right? It well, is no, fair. I mean, like it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean, right? Like, 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 you know, you had things like the Saw Viper. You had stuff like where, you know, even in the early Larry Hama issues, you know, Snake Eyes was running around knifing Cobra guys like he does in the opening of this, like it was no big deal. I mean, there were certainly sequences it, yeah, it, it, and the, where in the comic books they didn't have laser guns. It was all like yeah, yeah, modern they, day weapons. Yeah, yeah, and they he took his Uzi to to a bunch of Cobra guys, and they if they got nailed by it and fell over, like they they were pretty much dead, right? So I mean, it's not you know in that sense suggesting that that GI Joe never had fatalities at least in terms of the comics is is somewhat false but i think the majority of the audience right were the audience yeah. that that watched the sunbow cartoons and you know presumably bought the toys but didn't bother to read the file cards right like that was the majority of the audience and and to to that audience or at least even even if if i was a member of both audiences finally seeing it on a, a tv screen is, right, is yeah, unique, yeah. right? Like, and 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 it has that hubris that that Hollywood projects have, where it's like if they don't do it, then it never happened, you know. So it's like it's like there is that aspect where I'm like, come on, there's you know, there's the Saw Viper, like Snake Eyes has killed people before, like this is not anything new. Like there's there you know they've done epic battles between Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, like it's not like hey, hey, hey there it, there can even you know. be a case in the the GI Joe movie, even though Duke survived. And even though, like, a lot of characters who almost died, pretty sure Nemesis Forcer is dead. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, you can you can you can certainly make all those those arguments, right? That 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 there have been there's been some level of of death previous to this, right? But I think I think their approach for the time was unique. I, yeah. I think seeing something like that with, you know, Snake Eyes basically in assassination mode, like taking out all these Cobra troops, like that that was something that probably wasn't seen very often on the screen at least seeing lead characters or i don't know major characters like major ips whatever you want to call them you know i mean you know seeing seeing guys like major blood and bazooka kind of treated as cannon fodder right like i would say even more like it was like popular characters because like the salt viper did kill a lot of characters but they were like you know not to sound callous either older toys that kids weren't buying anymore or were not on the shelves or well, no, people you I didn't mean, really care about, you know? Well, and, 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 and they yeah. were, they were definitely characters that Larry Hama didn't care. You know, like, like he specifically went on record saying I, I had battle force 2000 killed cause I thought those toys were stupid. Right. Like, so, yeah. so, I mean, he's literally on record as like, he hates Serpentor. That's why he had Zartan shoot him in the head with an arrow. Right. Like that's, yeah. that, that's, that's why those things happened in the comics. Right. Whereas I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, some of that might be similar because you see these behind the scenes guys going, oh, who are we going to kill off? And I think in the original script, they were going to kill Stalker, like, you know, which if you think about it from a story perspective, if if you're doing this hybrid fusion thing that that Warren Ellis is is saying he's doing, which yeah, I guess he, he means he basically wanted to do like the comic and the Sunbow cartoon like smooshed together. Right, right. He wanted to take the best aspects of both those things and and write his own little story. And if you if you if you take that at face value, Stalker and Snake Eyes are best bros. They they went to Vietnam together, at least in the the Larry Helma, you know, in the Marvel comics, right? So and and he was part of the same unit that that Tommy, you know, was was a part of, right? Arashikage, you know, like that that they they were all the same unit and. And how it's easy to to argue that Stalker was probably one of like one of the top 10 characters that showed up a lot in the Marvel comics. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so that that to me, I I think I see as like a double edged sword. Right. Because how much more personal would the fight have been had Storm Shadow killed Snake Eyes's other best friend? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like like because originally in the script, it was supposed to be Stalker that was doing security and got killed. Right. And, and, and then, and then one of the execs was like, Oh, I had to flex my muscle and say like, can't kill stalker. Like, and it's like, and then, and then what did they do that? Oh, we made a bazooka. Cause he's got a fucking football Jersey. <laughs> you know, and you could tell they didn't give two fucks about bazooka. Right? Like, yeah. so, so it's like one of those things where it's like that, that, that sort of, you know, plays it's well, and, you know, and in true Warnell style, he actually would talk up how, like the characters are almost like you know not being disrespectful, but they're also like he was kind of dumb, you know. <laughs> he wasn't like right, the, right, yeah. right, yeah. So there's 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 that aspect to it too. I mean, it, it, it's weird because it, it for me it's it's interesting revisiting this because I think I think had you asked me about this in 2009, I would have said, oh man, this is so fucking cool. This is the best thing ever, and I think you know. I can look at it a little more critically and I, I don't think the gut reaction is wrong. Like I'll still go to bat and say, 
I, you know what I'll say? Like, like my initial impression is this is the last good GI Joe thing I saw on screen. Like, like I can agree with that a hundred percent. You know what yeah, I mean? I, like, like, yeah. like as far as this franchise goes, it, it it's the last good thing I saw on screen. If, if anybody's seen Renegades, Wolf. I don't want to monopolize because I I know I have tons more things to talk about with this, but I'm curious what Mike's first impressions were and and maybe if he views it the same now or views it a little differently you know maybe uh what is it 12 years later in hindsight yeah yeah go ahead mike let's 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 hear your take is yeah like I, i've never been a huge gi joe fan but i mean i was a fan of it i did buy a lot of toys like from gi joe and i i never like i still haven't like i think the last time we had a gi joe show i said you know maybe i'll read the marvel comic eventually and i still never have so I remember watching this like when it first came out, like, and I think what it like Cartoon Network show episodes like late at night or something. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Was, it, it was, I was it trying was to, swim. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to yeah, remember it, it how like I watched episodes these. And yeah. It was webisodes, and then it was apparently popular enough where they were like, yeah, well, or they just didn't have any program, and they're like, yeah, we could show it in. Uh, no, cut I think up episodes. I, I, yeah. I think I think it was always the plan because they, the, I think originally they were gonna do the webisodes on on some kind of Hasbro site, right? Like that was the initial plan. And then it turned into, okay, we'll put these webisodes on Adult Swim. Because if you remember back then, that was, I mean, I remember this because this is how I got into like Shin-Chan and shit. Like you could actually go to Adult Swim and watch like some of the new episodes of Adult Swim stuff, whether it was, you know, C-Lab or Shin-Chan or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck it was, they they would have them for, you know, kind of like when Hulu would get new content for just a, a week or something, you know what I mean? Like, you could watch some of the new shit for a week and so they showed all those it was like there were, what, it's it, this was, even though this is like an hour long, there were like ten five-minute minisodes and then there was like a, an eleventh one that was ten minutes that was the big finale, yeah. right? And so it, you it's watch... Basically, it's basically an hour, yeah. Yeah, and so so you watched all of those, and it was like so. In the Wikipedia, it says the seventeenth of April in two thousand nine. So you you and if you were following it, you watched those as they came out, like day by day or whatever, right? And when it was all done on the twenty fifth of April, they aired it on television as an hour long, you know, special or whatever. You know, it was probably like an hour and a half because they had to put all those fucking goddamn commercials in it i'm assuming right right and so yeah, they yeah. probably they probably had at least a half an hour set aside for for uh commercials and stuff but but they they must have had some kind of premiere where you could just watch it straight up on adult swim so i mean that's you know and that, that i think that was always you know i i think that was always the intention right that they would they would do some of it on these little you know and streaming I'll, I'll type the, things i'll give credit to the writing if you watched it episodically for that first run when they were just releasing them, you know, one at a time for five minutes, they get a lot of shit in for five minutes. And it's pretty like condensed. It's like they he, tell you know, a pretty fucking good story, I think. I, I, I know I joked with Mike about it, you know, on some other shows or maybe off air or whatever. But I mean, I, I know the, it's supposed to be like, oh, this, you know, Warren Ellis is canceled and all this other fucking horse shit. Right. But he's always been a good writer. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah, always yeah. been of of extremely high quality. He's clearly a very intelligent person. Like he 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 did not half ass 
any of these. I mean, it's funny listening to how he came to be on the project because I, the producer was like, hey, we want you. Like, we want you to write this. And and I think his reaction was like, I don't know nothing about G.I. Joe. Like, what the fuck do you want me? And and I guess the guy just kept, you know, kind of going at it going, well, then that means you're the perfect guy. Like, he was trying to, like, get, kept slicking the, the grease on the like, wheel he, he, or he whatever. Don't care if he, it, you know? he wouldn't care about killing these characters because he doesn't know them. Right, right. I guess I guess that's, you know, that that was something that was to their benefit. Right. Like so. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I find it fascinating because Warren Ellis always has his spins on, especially in comics, these, you know, n- not talking about the things he's uh, I don't want to say creator owned or has a piece of or whatever. But, you know, you talked about, you know, Transmetropolitan, you talked about like things like uh, the authority. And this is more. I think this leans more towards something like the authority where it's this this high level widescreen kind of action. Right. But then then he puts all these kind of ideas that he's fascinated with, you know, kind of like the the technology in in his extremist arc in Iron Man or, you know, the uh, you know, to me, I think of like there was that one Avengers graphic novel that came out, you know, not too long after the the uh first disney film or whatever and so you you know it 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 took characters that people were familiar with right but he he put his own little spin on it right and and made it this kind of you know widescreen action but with with lots of you know lots of kind of you know advanced technology that propelled the plot of the story and it wasn't complete bullshit you know yeah he was doing he loves doing oh, all that, like, sign, new wet, bleeding edge science, like, stuff. Like, all his, the stuff he wrote for, like, the Ultimate Universe, too. Like, yeah. they were yeah. always based on some new, daring, like, technology that someone was, like, taking advantage of or something. Prepare the drop koalas. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Wait, I guess, I guess getting back to that whole sort of mini-sode presentation versus the kind of, I guess we'll call it the the TV movie presentation of it. What do you guys think about that? Because because I think in revisiting this, like I I found myself realizing, oh, there's like four or five climaxes in this. You know what I mean? Like yes, where yes. where where it, 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 it's one of those things where you you know how like people today are you know you could easily damn a comic book series for writing for the trade. Like you don't get the whole story in a single issue. And 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 kind of going back to what you're saying about damn, there's a lot that he he squeezed into those five minute minisodes. Like, I, I feel like all those minisodes could s- do stand on their own. And, and although they were trying to make the sales pitch of like, Oh, isn't it great to see them all together and how wonderful it is. I, I kind of feel like they work better. At least some of them work better. You know, uh, if you watch them one at a time rather than all at once or, I, I don't know how to – do you know what I mean? Like that they're not – basically it's not – it's more like reading a trade paperback of collected comic books, but they were never intended to be collected, if that makes sense. It, it, it reminded me a lot of the, the Clone Wars Tartakovsky uh, series mm. where, yes, you can watch all of it all together. And it makes sense. I mean it, it holds together as like a completed project. But each individual episode had a focus, and it had something. It had it like for five minutes had a beginning, middle, and end, and that's really hard to do in five minutes. 
And like I said, there, there's some of these episodes where, like, it seems like a complete story. And I think, but even though it does have a cliffhanger, there there is still the, the larger story in place. And I think that, like, with someone like Warren Ellis, even though he didn't know shit about G.I. Joe, or he didn't care, he wasn't a fan, let's put it that way, I still, I, he's still a guy who does research. He's still oh, yeah. a guy who, who's not going to come in here blind and be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I said, the fusion thing, he was like, I, he probably read probably the whole fucking run because he's an avid reader. He probably watched at least like some of the Sunbow show. And I think that's where he got that episodic thing from was the Sunbow show. As kitty as it was, and I mean, it was made to sell toys and we all understand that. But like, I have always enjoyed those five parters that mm-hmm. started every season more than most of the individual episodes. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, they, they they build, yeah. There There is that, like, sort of in-joke where Cobra Commander, like, you know, 20 minutes into the thing, like, Cobra Commander's like, you know, this is the part where things would, like, the wheels would fall off this, but not this time, like, you know, like, kind of yeah. joking, like, you know, in a 30-minute episode, like, you know, you, you would, Cobra Commander would fail, like, by the, you know, the with five minutes left in the show or whatever. So, but here's where we fuck up, but not this time. Yeah. And also true to Warren Ellis's like credit to how he writes. One of his greatest strengths is he writes really fun, dysfunctional heroes. That's kind of his trademark. His heroes are very flawed. They're, they're, they're good heroes. They, they fight and they're, they're, they, he's done everything from superpowered heroes to just wackadoo heroes. But he always writes great, insane, unhinged villains. And he made Cobra Commander fucking threatening in this. Yeah, like, I mean, there, there, yeah. There, there's almost that level of, I mean, when you try to make the fusion, right? It's, this might lead into something I wanted to ask you guys about. But when you, when you have that moment, that sequence where Cobra Commander is giving his speech to the troops and explaining why he, you know, he's like, Major Blood was a traitor. This is why I stuck the knife in him and chucked him out in front of the Washington Monument. And if anybody else, questions me i'm gonna do the same shit to them and you know okay one it establishes like ooh, like cobra commander actually killed somebody but there's also that sense of of apology for you know basically if not if not all the seasons of the sunbow cartoon at the very least the the seasons of the sunbow cartoon where he was subservient to Serpentor, right? Where he's like, you know, uh, a quote unquote coward, right? And and, toady, and yeah, yeah, and they 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 kind of have that line of dialogue where they don't they don't disavow any of that, right? Like it's basically like that's why it's a fusion because it's like they don't they don't try to sweep it under the rug, but it's supposed to be this clever cleverism of him having the dialogue where he says. I was feigning cowardice to suit my own purposes. Now it doesn't suit my purpose anymore. Now I'm going to hold the world hostage and, you know, kill like 10, 10 billion people in Moscow or what, you know, whatever the number was, right? Like 10 million people in Moscow are dead because he, he fired his little green fart thing from the stratolites. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and so, so basically it's, it's supposed to establish like, and, and he's willing to, continually do this to all kinds of countries and and cities until he gets what he wants right like so there's there's that aspect where you know th- there's 
again, there's that level of threat that that uh, comes into it. There's also, I, I guess, l- looking at it a little more critically, right? Like we've we've kind of touched on this, but you know, of course, since they only have four voice actors, I mean, revisiting this, I mean, it becomes painfully obvious that you know. I'm like, holy fuck, Stephen Bloom is everybody. You know what I mean? Like like that kind of vibe where you're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And and to be perfectly blunt, I mean, Stephen Bloom is fine doing, you know, Duke's voice, but then they have him do Roadblock and, you know, he, he's doing like all these different voices, a ripcord, and they all sound the fucking I mean, it's like All right, it, it, yeah. here we go. I I've got the I've got the list. Okay, so Charlie Adler is Cobra Commander, Stalker, Flit, Gung Ho, Hardmaster, Random Cop. <clears throat> the Eric Bowser guy, who I'm not familiar with, is Storm Shadow, Destro, Tunnel Rat, and Random Cobra Soldiers. Steve Bloom, like I said, is Duke, Roadblock, Wild Bill, Ripcord, Zartan, Doc, Operator, Technician, Random Background Characters. And uh, the female, Gray Delisles, is Scarlet, Female Dial Tone, Baroness, and Cover Girl. Yeah, That's a lie. So- yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, you you know, and I mean, uh, but, but but I mean, at least at least Gray Delisle, right? Like when she's Scarlet, she's kind of using her her natural voice and and you know, getting into the character and and emphasizing any emotional beats that she needs to emphasize. When it's dial tone, it's it's a little more expositional, so there's not as much emotion. So you you almost can kind of get away with it. And when she's Baroness, she puts on that you know kind of Baronessy accent you know like she does her uh natasha badenov (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm i mean i guess what i'm getting at is at least scarlet and baroness kind of sound different from one another and it's like i don't know the 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 ripcord in the roadblock like i'm just kind of like come on man like what did they do just turn the filter up so it's like it's a little higher pitched you know i mean i'm just like (laughs) i don't know man like that's just kind of like some of that stuff i i get why people yeah, um, you know, because commonly what you'll see in in a, a commentary of this is, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a well written script, um, you know, somewhat interesting anime style animation, but you know, uh, a, a little a little ruined by the fact that they only had like they could only bother to uh, hire four voice actors for this thing, you know what I mean? And I I kind of I you know. I, I I can I can see that I kind of I kind of get that right. Why why is it so like common? And I know Mike can attest to this. Starscream and Cobra Commander. It doesn't matter who it is. They always try to do their best. Chris Lotta. I don't know. I thought this was trying to move away from Chris Lotta. He had a, he had a, he had a little bit of a squeak in his voice though. Yeah, but I, but I I, yeah. I think this this one had something more like uh he was trying to do this kind of tightened rattler kind of pitch to his voice you know like i don't i don't remember you know to me i i you know again i mean he didn't, he didn't of, do the he didn't do the yes or anything like that or right so yeah yeah i mean i know that yeah right but but I, I I think even if you're thinking of that kind of high pitched for Chris Latta, like I I don't I don't think it, it's not like he's like and I won't have any more of your crap, you know, like he yeah. wasn't he wasn't doing that, you know, he had that he had kind a of, little bass in his voice, yeah, he did. He, he kind of had that guttural like 
I'm Cobra Commander. You know, like kind of thing where it's like, okay. It was like, it was like I mean, uh, it's, old, it's a take old on snake it, right? from the uh, Transformers episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. You know, a little more, a little you know, more funny grit to it. Like Charlie Adler does Cobra Commander in this, and he also does like live action movie Starscream, like Bane uh, movie Starscream. So that's kind the, of who. I'm trying to remember who does. Is it is it Bloom that does Starscream in Prime? Uh, yes. See, I think Charlie Adler's Cobra Commander is similar to to Bloom's take on Star Scream. And not not that Bloom has any fucking choice in the matter, because he's just Steve Bloom. Like you can't I mean it's not like he's gonna <laughs> sound any fucking different. But I'm just saying I think Charlie Adler has a lot more range, right? Where I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think his gung ho is different from Cobra Commander. It is kind of yeah. ironic that Chris Lada also did gung ho and Cobra Commander, but whatever. Speaking of the Cobra Commander and, and like how he's unhinged and all stuff like that, it's like, what about the other characters? So we have Major Blood, who's dead. So he don't matter no more. I, I think Chris Lotta might have done him. Maybe? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. I, I cannot confirm that or deny it. Michael Bell is the voice of Major Blood and G.I. Joe. Cobra Commander, he, he does have like a certain feel to it. What about Storm Shadow and like the, the, the more talky people we have? We have Storm Shadow, Zartan, Baroness, and Destro. And, and you, you just said Derek that Baroness was pretty spot on, you know, like as far as like maybe not the from the it's, sunbow, but like had a good had a good accent, had a good vibe. Yeah, they they tried to put a spin on her. I mean, you you had the 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 guy that you're not familiar with, he's a Filipino voice actor, Bauza, and like the the I, I was trying to look at some of his credits because I I figured oh he must be you know he, he must have a lot of credits to his name and of course he does right but like it, right. it's funny to me like looking at some of the stuff because some some of the stuff he's famous for it's like I'm, just I'm pretty just familiar I don't with know, doesn't mean he's not good I mean you know yeah. no, no, no 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 but 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 what I thought was interesting was like what's funny is like he it seems like there there's the there's the tendency to cast him in a lot of Asian roles, even as a voice actor, because he is Asian, right? Like there's some Tunnel Rat, yeah, <laughs> right, right. He's, he's Storm Shadow and Tunnel Rat in this, right? And then and then I think like some of the the Marvel stuff that he's famous for is he was uh, Mister Negative in one of the Spider-Man cartoons, and he was Amadeus Cho, I think, in in one of the Spider-Man cartoons. So it's like I was kind of like looking at it, going, "Oh, okay." And then and then, which you know makes sense, right? But then then there's plenty of other casting that you look at where you're like, "Oh, damn!" Like uh, you know, uh, it, I'm trying to think of it now, but it was like one of those things where you're like looking at it, going, "Oh, you know, he was just kind of like an everyday." You know, uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, a, a non-Asian character, but just kind of like, you know, whether it's a fantasy character or somebody who was of a different nationality. And 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 when you looked at it, you're like, oh, that's totally believable because he he sold it. Right. Because he's, you know, an actor and a voice actor. And it doesn't you know, honestly, it doesn't matter what uh, what background you are. Right. If you're voicing like an animated character, right, you can still right. sell that shit if you're, you know, especially if you're good at it. And and what I thought was interesting about that was like, I, I think this is a little more influence. Like they talk about how it's a fusion between the Larry Hama Marvel comic and and the Sunbow cartoon with kind of that edge to it. But 
I do think they were serving like, you know, two or three different masters. And one of those masters was, hey, we've got this Paramount motion picture about to come out. That's why Ripcord went through the Transformaflux device, right? Like, and I right. think also it's why Destro's Dal- there. And, and, and Destro is female, yeah. And 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 Destro has that kind of Scottish brogue, which I mean, yeah, Destro's Scottish, right? Which is fine, but I, I think some of that has to do with what's his face, Doctor Who being Destro in the the Paramount movie, uh, Eccleston, right? True, like, yeah. like, like I think what, I think some it's... some of that played some influence on you know which characters were focused on and how they portrayed them too. Whereas, like Destro in the Sunbow cartoon, this is not any type of racial comment. Is this fact he sounded like a, a, a African American because he he was voiced by an African American. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like that's why he sounded that way. You know, it was like you know, you little fool, I will take you out. You know, yeah, that's just that's just that's just the boy, the, the 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 man's voice. Yo, I mean, boys, listen, that's just how it is. You did say about Steve Bloom trying to do all these things. What do you think about his Zartan? Uh, I mean, he tried to give him uh kind of like a little accent, but again, I mean. It's 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 so minimalistic. Like, I mean, it, it, right. you know, I mean, the, the interesting thing about that is the way it's written, the character and how he he sort of is involved in Snake Eyes and Storm Shadows origin, but also how he's kind of callous and they, they sort of portray him as being, you know, starting out as a mercenary, but just becoming addicted to the thrill of killing. You know, and so, I mean, but, it, you know, it's 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 subtle. It's in there. It works. I mean, you know, Steve Bloom, you know, does his best. But again, I mean, it is it is kind of that laughable thing where you realize, like, the guy voicing Duke and Ripcord and Roadblock is also voicing Zartan. And what he puts a little, uh, you know, a little kind of Aussie spin on his accent or something. And that's that's about it. You know, it's still the yeah. same guy, you know, like so. Well, what, what do you think about the voice acting for the villains? Because, like, the the heroes kind of... The heroes in G.I. Joe never really had very recognizable voices, except for, like, uh, Shipwreck. You know, Shipwreck, we... Oh, yeah. Hey, I, he was Jack Nicholson, basically. The voice actor said that. Buzz Dixon said that. He was trying to be Jack Nicholson. But a lot of these characters, besides, like, Roadblock, and, and probably Wild Bill, because Wild Bill was like, yeah, let's get it, boys. Like, do you think the villains had like, uh, you know, substantial voice acting, Mike? Yeah, I mean, well, I like some of these guys only showed up like for like a couple minutes a piece and only had like a few lines of dialogue. So I guess I mean, and sure. it, like I, I did like you know, Destro is a big deal in GI Joe, and he just like I was like, oh, like I, I kind of felt like well, they had to fit him in here somehow, and like him and Baroness are just be doing a like hostage situation i guess like i guess like i they couldn't find any anything else that better suited his like character but like i don't know like it it all like i think cobra commander worked i think you know steve bloom doing zartan like uh i i think i'm like derek where i i can't help but hear steve bloom and like all his performances no matter how he tries to like mask it so it's kind of hard right but 
Eric Bowser did his best, but he was like, you know, he was like, that's just bloody cheating. Like, you know, he's just trying to right, do it like right, a freaking right. Sean Connery. It, 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 like, it, yeah, it was Eric Bowser doing his best Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's basically what it was. Bloody hell, Baroness. Yeah, you know. yeah that, I mean, that's exactly but, what it was. Yeah. What, so, what do you think about his Storm Shadow, though, since he is an Asian actor, voice actor? Yeah, that, that, more, that was good. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty, you know, pretty good. Like, I don't like... I didn't get to say like a, what I kind of thought of this as a whole. And like, I, I was going to say like, like I, I, when I watched it the first time, like I thought it was really cool. And this time, like I kind of get like, cause I remember reading that like Larry Hama didn't really like this. And like, I was trying to like find that article, but I never did. And like, uh, like uh, I, I just remember him saying, well, you know, storm shadow wouldn't act that way. And this wouldn't happen. And this like, and stuff like that. And I'm kind of like, this is a good movie if it was like the last G.I. Joe story like ever. That's, like that's like, that's exactly what yeah. I wanted to talk with you guys yeah. about. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah this is like big... the, the Marvel like the end stories like yeah. with Wolverine or Hawkeye, it, yeah. And like yeah. like this stuff in this where it's like, you know, Duke's kinda like like we're gonna end this for good. We're gonna kill Cobra Commander. And I'm like, is that the first time this has occurred to you? Like how long have you been fighting him? <laughs> like, you know. Yes, like you should kill oh, him. Wait. He's a terrorist. Oh, wait. Like, we yeah. should kill the terrorist. That's what we yeah. should do. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm, that 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 line only works in like a sort of meta commentary way. Like you know, like we used. It's like if if Cobra come, like you know, Cobra Commander was basically the Shredder. I mean, it's like you know, we fight him once every week for thirty minutes, and then we foil him, and then we all go back home. Like at the end, like you know, so and uh, we I, routinely let him go. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. This, yeah, but like in, in a general sense, I do en- I do enjoy this. I do think like what Derek said, it's the best like G.I. Joe thing he's seen like on screen. I think that's pretty much true. But I, I also see the criticisms of it. And I, I kind of see why like Larry, like Larry Ham- Hama said, like, oh, you you know, he kind of had the same reaction that uh, Chris Claremont had to like uh, Grant Morrison's run on X-Men, where he's like, dude, you're breaking all the toys. Like other people need to use these toys. Like, you know, eventually well, like, you no, know, but well, well, I mean, in Larry Hama, Larry Hama's run, he pretty much like from day one, there was, you know, a few issues where you can see storm shadow as completely a, a villain, a bad guy. But early on, he established he was kind of an anti-hero. Well, that that's that kind of feeling that that you get when, you know, I think somebody like Justin gets when you revert Magneto back to being like completely evil after he has these these runs of, you know, I'm a headmaster. I'm I'm kind of with the X-Men. I'm kind of a, a, a good guy or, you know, whatever line they're straddling. When, when, and, when you have your when you, when you have your redemption arc and then you just go back to it with no context is kind of jarring yeah it it is jarring and again i'm going to point back to that's not the first time this has happened right like that that's one of those things where it's like i mean if larry hama didn't like this i can imagine he thought the devil's do run was a big piece of shit too because and and that's the problem you're serving these corporate overlord masters and the audience this this wider audience that is not familiar with the Marvel comics, right? That did not know that G, you know, it, basically for me, I have that same punch in the gut reaction every time they turn Storm Shadow evil again because that's how I look at it, right? Like, I mean, but, I mean hell, even even Destro's kind of an anti hero, yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 or, or you know, you know, Zartan is kind of an anti-hero yeah. too. Like yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, eventually these characters become so layered and in depth that by by the time you collect the GI Joe line long enough. Storm Shadow and Zartan both become members of fucking G.I. Joe if you look at the file cards. And if you read the fucking comics, that all goes down as well, right? So you're sitting there going, well, if this is a true continuation of the Marvel comic, it doesn't make much sense. But I think it's less of a continuation and and more of what, you know, it's kind of what, you know, it's like it's like Warren Ellis is, again, being a futurist going into the whole fusion restaurant thing and calling this a fusion. Right. It's not it's not one culinary style. It's not the other culinary style. It's not a continuation of either culinary style. It's just putting both those culinary styles together. And if you like how it tastes, awesome. If you don't, fuck you. You know, like that's basically what it is. Right. And 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 you're you're kind of sitting there going, I I have that same gut reaction a long time ago when they did the Devil's Due run and went, oh, why is Snake or why is uh, Storm Shadow bad in this? Like, why is he working for Cobra again? And it, it was odd because that Devil's Due run is kind of a continuation of the Marvel comic at the time it was at any rate, right? And and you're yeah. kind of sitting there going like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, why, you know, what? what Somebody who, who who spent so much time on the side of the angels, quote unquote, as it were, as 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 Storm Shadow did in the G.I. Joe comic, it just made it seem ludicrous that that he would just, you know, sign back up and start wearing the Cobra colors again and work for all those guys who tried to kill him over and over and over again. And 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 on top of that, were responsible for the death of his family. Whereas in this I mean, I think the thing that probably rubbed Larry Hama the wrong way most of all is in this, it, it really is a reimagining of things, because if you look at the backstory, you know, one, Storm Shadow had his family killed on purpose, right? Whereas yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in the Marvel comic, it's more of a tragic backstory. It's it's that, you know, they, he didn't want his uncle killed. He didn't want the, the hard master it, assassinated. It just, it, it, you know. This, he's, a, he's a ruthless absurper trying to take control of his clan. Right, right. And, and, and even if you look at Snake Eyes, I mean, the insinuation is that Zartan clipped him in the throat, and that's why he's mute, right? Like and that has nothing to do with the Marvel comic background either, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so got, it it it's, got it's, blasted in the face by a helicopter. Yeah, I mean, it it was it basically, it, you know, and who knows? Maybe that's why Larry Hama hates this too. Is is Warren Ellis managed to condense their feud into five minutes, whereas Larry Hama yeah. spent all this time painting this extravagant picture with Bongo the Snow Bear and all this fucking horse shit, right? <laughs> and 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 doing this whole extravagant thing over two years, right? And 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 Ellis is just like, here you go, bam, five minutes. We I uh, we got it all set up so we can have this epic fucking fight, and that's that's it, that's done or whatever, right? And and so there there there's that that's always you know I I think that's always a tough pill for people to swallow because I I remember that that camouflage. G.I. Joe Storm Shadow toy. And I remember being heavily invested in the the Marvel comics at the time in the 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 early hundreds, you know, or or I guess, you know, what is it like the nineties and early hundreds where I, I, where, I mean, where, we, we, where we he makes that transition, the, uh, right? To being a good We talked guy. about the uh yearbook three mm -hmm. and Scarlet has to save snake eyes. The only person she could call is Storm Shadow. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean that 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 in and of itself, like we're, but you know, again, you're serving that corporate master, and you, it's like they 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 want you to rubber band back to default. Like, no, the kids, the kids, Larry, they only understand, you know, that Storm Shadow's the bad ninja. Like that's what the kids know because they <laughs> knew it from the cartoon, you know, from the. You know, they, they knew it from the Weather Dominator episodes, you know, like Storm yeah, Shadow's Storm, the bad guy, you know, or well, whatever. If, if, if you go with that, Storm Shadow's main nemesis is fucking Spirit Iron. Knife. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so you know, but anyway, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's interesting in that because you, you have that they, there's lip service paid to uh, a relationship between Scarlet and Snake Eyes. But there's also lip service, like in the cartoon, paid to a relationship between Scarlet and Duke. And in right. this fusion, he makes it. I mean, you know, it's a five minute love triangle. You know, yeah. I mean, it's 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 like, do you do you love Snake Eyes or do you love me? And then Scarlet's like, I love you, which which sort of reveals how much influence the corporate overlords had, because it might have been a fusion and they might have wanted to steal all of Larry Hama's good ideas or what they perceived as good ideas, but they sure as shit were going to keep their own ideas that they thought were good, that they were going to pat themselves on the back for. And they went, oh, yeah, that Sunbow thing that we came up with. Let's keep that because that's, you know, Duke and, you know, who knows? One of these executive producers were, you know, were, uh, 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 what do you call it? They, they, they shipped... They ship Duke and Scarlet, so so that's what stayed in this, right? At least like, it was so. better than Rise of Cobra, where they ship Scarlet and Ripcord. Well, you know, so you, I mean, you know, you've got you've yeah. got a bunch of you know whatever whatever was going on. I mean, I, I guess the the influence there was not as strong, right? There wasn't there wasn't like, but even then, like you notice at the end, she does say to Ripcord, "I love you." And and she even tells Duke, oh, I ain't talking to you, dipshit. I'm talking to the guy who's about to save us at the end of this. So maybe maybe that yeah. was a little bit of paramount influence. Maybe maybe it wasn't a love triangle. Maybe it was a love trapezoid. You know, like I don't know. But you know, whatever it was, right? Like so. Scarlet just gets with anybody who she thinks is cool. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, and as far as like the comic, I guess you would say influence. Yeah, the death is kind of a big thing. I mean, I would agree with that. And also, like, a little bit of the realism. I will give Warren Ellis that. Like, you know what's, this, you know what's interesting this, about that? It did is, feel military, yeah. Well, there, 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 when you say realism, it's like, it's like that's kind of a catch-22, right? Because it, it's one thing, right, to say, okay, we have this Saturday morning cartoon about the military fighting these terrorists, and uh, to get on broadcast television, they can only shoot lasers. And what we'll, all we do is we explode their vehicles. But everybody, we, 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 everybody we kill robots. Yeah, everybody parachutes out. But if 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 Cobra sends robots, we can blow those up. We can blow up the rattlers and the hisses and whatever. But people jump off into the water or off to the side, and and they won't actually die. Right? There's that. There's that aspect, which again, it, it's easy to point fingers at and kind of go, "That's unrealistic. That's so stupid." Right? And that, or, that, or that, that, you know. That is that is what Transformers always had because since they were robots, you can fuck them guys up ten ways a Sunday. <laughs> but 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 you, you, my point is is that that you you could watch that and and easily poke holes in that and kind of go oh ha ha it's so funny like everybody and their yeah. brother you know 
jumps out yeah. of a parachute or, or or like, you know, for whatever broadcast standards, you know, whether it was Spider-Man or Batman, the animated series, you know, all these Nimrods falling into fucking trees that must have been made out of fucking the most dense cotton candy ever or whatever, you know, whatever it was, you know, like ridiculous shit where, you know, if you, if you fall into a pool somehow you don't die, you know, and I'm just kind of like, as a kid, that's why I got into Robotech. Right. Right. Because, because there, there, there's that aspect where some of the characters die and you felt like they, they treated you a little more seriously. And that, like you're saying, there were higher stakes and, and it's true that those stakes are applied in these webisodes or or this film or whatever you want to call it right but at some point because characters are main characters i i feel like it gets just as ridiculous like like because it's like it's one thing to say like oh look we're look at the rules we're breaking like you know major blood is dead bazooka's uh, the, dead the, the, like like this, this, like this a, proves uh, to you this is supposed to prove to you that any character in this can die, right? We're, we're, we're killing these guys just to kill these guys. Well, no, but 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 it no, because they're 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 important IP characters, and they're All killing right. them to to tell the audience that any of the characters we show you from now on this are is up real. For, this is real. They're up for grabs. They could potentially die, just like Bazooka and just like Major Blood, and that's fine. Like I don't have any problem with that. And and then immediately you go into Snake Eyes slitting Cobra guys' throats and and blowing them up with grenades. That's all fine, right? Even though right. there there's some aspect to that that is highly unrealistic. And I know it's Snake Eyes. He's a badass. He's a ninja and all this other stuff. But there is that aspect where you're like, come on, man, dude is po- in point blank range in front of this guy with a machine gun, and somehow he can run faster than fucking machine gun bullets. I mean, you, he, you, he, you, he, you, he's full, he's full, he's full of Dragon Ball Z shit. I know, but you, you really, I mean, if if you're saying this is realistic, that that doesn't quite fit that definition already, and then. If you continue watching this, it gets to the point where, well, Duke and Scarlet can't die because they're main characters, and yet all these Cobra troops have all these heavy artillery guns that are constantly (laughs) shooting at these guys. They can't hit shit. And then conversely, what's even worse is Duke and Scarlet fire back, and they can't hit shit. And then... They can hit a fucking steam pipe, and then Duke can throw a grenade, and then blow up all the motherfuckers. And I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know that I think that's realistic. And then towards the very end, when they shut down the the uh, well, I, you know, I, I would just call that plot armor. Yeah, that's but, just plot but, armor. Yeah, yeah, but plot armor's not realistic. It's See, that, not. That's, but I mean, it, that's that's where you. That's more realistic than Sunbow. It's yeah. more realistic than Sunbow. No, no, it, I don't think it is. I, I think they're both equally ridiculous. Like that's that's the only argument I'm going to make. I, I think they're I think plot armor or because because what what is plot armor if not somebody always being able to jump out of a plane with a parachute? What what is that it, if it, not plot armor? It, 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 it's your it's your it's, main it's just, character. It's just no because because. Because the plot armor is applied to every single character for broadcast standards, versus now it's even worse because the plot armor is only applied to certain characters, and you've established <laughs> that any of these characters can die at any moment, but yet they don't. 
which makes it less real. It's almost less realistic than 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 the the uh, Sunbow cartoon because at least at least all the characters are treated equally in the Sunbow cartoon. But in here, there's like so, some so characters they, they, that they all... all die or nobody dies. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like so, some of it is just is just real kind of because re- look, man. It, it, like I guess what I'm getting at is. They they stop using heavy artillery, but the Cobra guys don't, and now they're shooting them with handguns, and they hit all of them. Like it's just I'm like, come on, man, this is stupid. Like they can't hit them with heavy artillery, but they can hit them with handguns. Like I I don't know. Like some it's, some of that it's, stuff it's, I think is dumb. It's, it's intended to be an exciting finish. I understand what you're saying, but that's that's the intent. No, no, no. If it's silly, I get that. But I mean, you know, it's like to to me, it's it's kind of like it's like it's realistic in the sense that like the Fast and the Furious movies are quote unquote realistic. You know, it's just like (laughs) I was going to say a single man on foot can take out a whole squad of Cobra guys and a tank like as long as it's off screen, as long as it's off screen. Like that, that yeah, that kind of stuff where you're just like, okay, I get it. Snake Eyes is a badass, but holy fuck! Like, come on, man! Like, what's what? What is what are in those Cheerios that he ate before he fucking woke up that morning? Um, to be fair, though, there was there was some unrealism in the comics too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I no, nobody's sitting there saying the comics are realistic. Like, like I'm, I'm just saying that that. I, when, when, it, it's when, funny I, to me when you splash a little bit of realism into the property. It, it's like at some point that veneer will dissipate the, I, the, I, the, I did, the longer I, to, you stay in it. You know. To to be fair, I just say more realistic, not right. realistic. Right, right, right. So it's like it's well, it's, it's like it's like it's, it's like it's got a dab of it. It's got a dab of it, but well, well you, no, know, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Well, you know, it's too bad, though. It's like Tunnel Rat doesn't die, but then those two people that came with him on the mission, who were they? Like, they're like totally random, like, flight suit people that came up in the balloon with him, and, and they get they get immediately scragged, which is supposed to heighten the stakes, which is fine. But, like, if they had actually, if, if that was, like, Wild Bill that came up with them, that might have been a little more, you know... Uh, quote, or, unquote, or, or, realistic. or like, or, or like Ace, or 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 just like some t- random dude. tunnel rat was like, "You morons, you dying wasn't part of my cunning plan." Like, <laughs> right, get right, back right. up here. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. And then I guess I guess this kind of gets into you know what Mike brought up, which is you know this I think works the best if if you do treat it as the final story ever. And then I guess what I want to ask is, because there there are people who have talked about this, you know, it, it makes me think of whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. And it's like, I like that Superman story. Like, I, it's one of my favorites, right? And there's people who feel the same way I do, right? But then there's also people that, whose opinions I respect, right? That That say the same thing, where they're like, it's easy to break all the toys, as 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 you guys say, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's not it's not difficult to write a story where you you break <laughs> all the toys, undo everything and put Superman back in the shoebox for nobody to play with. Right. And 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 again, with this, 
it's 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 weird because it seemed like they were serving multiple masters because I think this probably works best as the final G.I. Joe story ever because you you kill Storm Shadow, you 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 kill uh, Zartan, you kill Major Blood. Uh, you, you, for all intents and purposes, you should be killing Cobra Commander. Right? Let, let, let's just let's just say that like at at the very least, let, let's you know like take the serious tone of the uh, the episode. Like he's fucked up. At least he's like you know battered and like bloodied. Probably got a few broken bones. He's fucked up. So he's out of commission. Let's let's at least go there. Yeah, yeah, w whatever it is, right? Like, but yeah, but I mean, if yeah. you took away if you took away the tags to somehow magically lead this into something else, like if you didn't have the end thing where they said, "Oh, Duke came back and looked at the bunker and we didn't find anything because it was empty." Like if they came back and Duke said, "Yeah, we looked at the bunker and we found Cobra Commander's slarging fucking piece of shit body." Yay, yo, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Like if that was the he, end he, report, it was sprayed all over the walls. He's done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if that was it, then you'd be like, "Okay, and that's you know, and now we know and knowing's the end of the battle, GI Joe." That you know, and that's it, right? Like, like I, this I feel is like bazooka. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I feel like yeah. that. Again, I guess I'm interested in your guys' thoughts. Like, is that is that too easy a story to write? Like one, but but I, you know, I, I'm for me, I'm still kind of leaning towards, you know, this being something where I enjoyed it, I liked it, and again, you know, it, it was one of the last things on screen of G.I. Joe that I liked. So I'm not taking anything away from this, but I am just pointing out that, you know, this, I think, works better if you take it from the context that it's it's kind of its own thing, but it's also kind of the end or the culmination of both of the things it's trying to fuse. And 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 if you don't if you don't watch it with that perspective in mind i think it, it just kind of makes you scratch your head or leaves you confused you know because it's like well i mean imagine they tried to continue this what were they going to do have uh cobra commander and storm shadow like play pickle and and free destro and the baroness and then add a bunch of new dipshits like uh i'm trying to think like the fucking headman or something you know what i mean like what, what were they going to do after this like you know because to me it seems like this is this is pretty all-encompassing or whatever. I mean, like, in my head, and this is just me trying to be creative. If it sounds stupid, you know, I'm taking what you're giving me. You could have a after-credit scene with Cobra Commander coming in. He's all fucked up. Helmet's cracked. He's got, like, a shattered visor. You can see his eye. He's human. He's fucking human. Not a goddamn snake. And he walks into, like, this underground lab that's like subsections of where they were. He's like, you know, I failed again. I'm tired of failing, you know? And then like pan over to Dr. Mindbender. And, you know, he's in a lab coat. He doesn't look like a fucking, you know, dominatrix or some shit. He's like, <laughs> Dr. Mindbender's here to give Cobra Commander some loving. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's not. He's like, he's like, 
I always told you he was the perfect leader. And there's a slab with like, you know, almost like a Boba Fett fucking casing, like the back to tank. It is like they killed Serpenter once, but he will come back. He's a clone after all. Did you think I couldn't clone a clone? Serpentor arises. I mean, I mean, it could work. No. And then, and then Larry Hama hires Zartan to arrow you in the face for coming up with that idea. You like Serpentor, Derek. Shut up. I, I, I like Serpentor when I was a kid. Yeah, but I get it. I get why. I get why Larry Hama hates it too, though. I so. do too. I do too. But I'm saying. You asked for a possible continuation. That's a so. Possible so you would, you would, you would, you would basically, if you kill off those characters, you would, you would bring in new Cobra characters. Basically, I mean, I, I think for this this series, I think it is good being done. I'm just giving you a no, 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 no. I out. mean, I yeah. mean, I guess, I guess, I yeah. could see if you're going to make it an ongoing narrative, right? Like you, yeah. you can introduce new Joes, and other old Joes can get killed off. You know, and 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 then you know you could have them fight. You know, it doesn't just have to be Serpentor and Doctor Mindbender. You could have a whole fucking fight between, uh, you know, I don't know, fucking the fridge and uh, uh, Crocmaster or some shit. That'll be the epic fight in the next fucking <laughs> season or whatever, right? Uh, the we, fridge we, we is like the fridge is throwing fucking footballs at alligators and fucking crocodiles and shit. Well, no, we, we have fucking vipers. There were vipers in there. They were just Cobra troops. Right. Right. No, I'm just I'm just give, I'm giving a possible continuation. No, I, I, I'm I, agreeing. I, I'm agreeing. Yeah, like okay, yeah, not, I, you you sold me. I, I, we we could just we just add more more characters into the mix. Okay. Yeah, there there there's a wealth of them, but I do agree as far as like how this felt, how this came across. This was the big end battle. I will I will agree with that. You know, I'm, I'm you you agree with me. I'm agreeing with you. This did feel like. We're going to get this shit done. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's there's a yeah. certain there's a certain sense of finality to blowing up the USS flag and you know blowing up Springfield and you know blowing up uh, fucking Cobra, Cobra, you know Cobra Commander going crazy blowing up Moscow. It's like no, no we right, got to fucking right. get rid of this guy. No, I mean, I, I, I if this was the last GI Joe story ever, that makes sense. I do agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's that's one thing I did find funny was, you know, once they once uh, Gung Ho and Roadblock help Stalker free all the hostages, I, I like how they're like, give us an excuse or whatever. Like they're going to I mean, they really want to shoot Baroness and Destro. But I thought it was funny that they took them prisoner anyway. You know, <laughs> like it's just kind of like, OK, <laughs> you know, well, uh, Mike, you, you were talking about this. So, like, does this seem like um, like like I said, you know there's been more than a few Marvel comic characters who've had the end, you know, the Punisher, Wolverine, Hawkeye. Does this come off as the end for GI Joe? Like, like a possible, you know, bookend for the, for the franchise. Well, I mean, aside from that, like last couple of scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they kind of left it open in case they wanted to do more, but I mean, like, like I, like I said, it's kind of like, like that line where, Duke is like, we're going to end this once and for all. We're going to kill Cobra Commander. Like that only that line only works like in a meta sense like that. Like I was like, did that never occur to you? Like, you know, that <laughs> if you kill the head of Cobra, you might end Cobra. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Like, 
I think I get what Larry Hammer was saying. Like I, and like Derek said, like, you know, if, if, if you're going to like end something, then you can break all the toys and it's easy to break all the toys. But like, I get, I guess, you know, if they wanted to do a, a sequel, like you, you were speculating, they'd have to get kind of creative about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and mine might not be the most creative version ever. Uh, Derek actually liked it, which I appreciate. I wanted to ask yeah. you, like, this is kind of a topic change, but I wanted to ask you, Tony, because you'd probably know better than anyone. D did they make toys based on this movie? G.I. Joe Resolute did actually have a line in the uh, 25th anniversary. They did a five-pack, and they did a release various single-carded versions. So, yeah, they got toys. Yeah. There were there were two packs, too, because I was trying to yeah, read yeah. some of the the comics that came with them or whatever, That's cool. which yeah, cause I, I thought like, was, was amusing. Yeah, I, I like the designs in this. Like I, like, I don't think we've said it, but, like, the animation is really great. Like, the mm -hmm. character designs oh, yeah. are awesome. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh it, it, like, okay, like, we can we can quibble about the voice acting. I mean, we, we all agree it's pretty good. And, like, you know, they had to do what they had to do. But the animation and production is top-notch. It looks great. I mean, like the Snake Eyes episode, whatever feelings we have about how it was carried out looked amazing. I mean, I mean, I mean, this this uh, the, the only other major compliment I can I can give to this series is that when they I can't even remember the other thing. What was the other piece of shit thing where they had the little water monsters or whatever they were? What was it called? G.I. Joe. Redonculus like spy troops or Valor no, 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 versus no, Venom. No, or... no, the one, the one after this. It was oh, it was Sig uh, Sigma Six. Sigma Six. No, yeah. no, yeah. no, huh? the one after this. The one it was it it, it also had an R. It was like it was Renegades. It was Renegades. Renegades. That yeah. sucks. Okay. Yeah. Like and 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 compared to and I'm sorry. Like I know there's probably some cool people nobody, that have wor worked on that. that fucking, but like nobody in that fucking show had a fucking normal nose. They were all flat ass noses. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if if people like that. Whatever. If people worked on that and I'm insulting them, I'm sorry. But that Renegade show, like, you know, the the, the, the the only the only way I can well. Not the only way, but one of the ways I can give this a, a glowing review is I had wished that the <laughs> Renegade show looked like this show and had the same tone of this show, even if this show we think might have had problems being a continuation. So, but, right. but yeah, I just, you know, because I couldn't, I, you know, I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I, I was not I was not a fan of Renegades and and Resolute, I think, was I think at the time, you know, I, I would have said, oh, why don't you just do more Resolute type stuff instead of what you're doing on this Renegades stuff? Yeah, Re Renegades was trying to be a team with G.I. Joe and it sucked. Yeah. yeah, I think I've seen one episode of that, if that I, I tried to watch it. It it, it, it falls into like the second animated R.I.D. for Transformers. Yeah, that's uh huh. Yeah, where it's like, well, wasn't like Sigma yeah. Six was like that like faux anime one was that it? was like, that was before this, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, uh, it had a lot of CGI. It wasn't bad. I, I, I guess the best way to put it would be if you were eight years old, never knew what G.I. Joe was. 
and you watched it, it was flashy and fun and had crazy mecha designs and stuff. Because at this point, Cobra was just using bats for their troop builders. No actual, like, soldiers. And they went hard into the CGI. It's not terrible. I don't like it myself. Because they used a hyper-stylized aesthetic. But it's it, it, it's better than Renegades. It's not as good as Resolute. I would say it's probably about the same tier as G.I. Joe Extreme. <laughs> no, I was just, I, I looked up the Sigma 6 intro on YouTube. And yeah, it, it looks like they're trying to, like, not only do they have, like, CGI, like, exo-squad-like suits. It looks like they're trying to, like, bite off the, the you know, anime was probably really popular on Saturday yeah. mornings yeah. at yeah. the time. So, yeah. they, like, it looks really anime-ass, yeah. They're trying to get them Beyblade kids to watch G.I. Joe. The 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 the, the uh, G.I. Joe characters look like they were inspired by Street Fighter, Capcom, or Soda designs. Like big muscly guys and and weird proportions. It was like Cobra Commander looked buff as fuck, and I'm like, that's not Cobra Commander. <laughs> I mean Sigma Six, bleh. I mean it's it's not bad. As far as it's it's a kid show, it's for kids. I, I understand that. I but mean, like, this this, yeah. this show was definitely targeted to a more adult audience. They make no secret of that. You know, they're kind of saying, "Oh, anybody who grew up it with GI Joe around 2009 would be in their 30s now." So exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they were they were yeah. they were trying to cater to to that that type of audience. You know, the late 20s, early 30s audience that. They grew up buying G.I. Joe figures and 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 they 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 were moving in this direction where they were trying to grow up the the animated property with with the, uh, you know, with the age of the audience that grew up with it. And, you know, was it successful? I mean, I I guess I guess the the. The, the piece itself, I think, works. But again, it's interesting because, I mean, some of what the criticism that we've heard or the the Larry Hama type criticism, you know, the you know, you're breaking all the toys kind of vantage point, I guess, holds up because they never did do anything else with this, really. Right. I mean, they had their toy lines. They had their five packs and their two packs and their single carded figures. You know, they they had uh, this this premiere and these webisodes. But I mean, they never made any more resolute episodes. I, right? And, 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 I, and I, I will say, like, as far as like the figures, there is probably like 20, 25 other figures. And, and that's with a five pack. And I think Renegades actually got more figures. Yeah, well, because it was on for. What, yeah, a, a, a year or two or something like that. I, I mean, at least they had yeah. 26 episodes, right? So yeah, so yeah, they, they they were able to sell more more toys with it. So I mean, I I, I think at the end of the day, I'm happy GI Joe Resolute exists because despite the flaws, despite quibbles we could have with it, it did show that we could do something with GI Joe that can be enjoyable. And more adult, and not only that, but not insulting. So I, I think that's where they should go with GI Joe. Like, don't make it so much for kids, because I think the people who are going to enjoy it are the older fans. I think it's gotten to that level where you know 
kids don't really like army action figures anymore, really. I mean, it's the thing. They like superheroes. And that's fine. I mean, shit happens, you know? Shit changes. If they want to, like, make a, a good G.I. Joe show, they should pretty much kind of aim for an older audience, I think. That's just me. I don't know. In today's day and age, I think it's just hard to market like a like like military based like thing to kids now. So because I don't know, just the way society is now, it's just, you know, the the last few attempts to even in comic books to, to like reinvent G.I. Joe have all been like, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, just more like a superhero team than like a military organization. But. Yeah, it's like, what was it called in the late 70s? Like Adventure Man or Action Force, you know, just, you know, they're, they're, they're military guys, but they, they, they fight lizards and giant bumblebees and weird insects. It's like, yeah, military, I don't think is a genre that kids really get into right now. Well, I mean, you notice that with what, what they've tried to market G.I. Joe with lately has just been Snake Eyes, right? This cool superhero ninja right i mean he's a ninja yeah you know so i mean that's that's why they tried to make that live action movie and and they had rob liefeld do his five issue well i mean arguably five issues of of snake eyes right like so and and that had a lot of those those old school you know what was it action man type characters in it as well right like so uh, it was very it was very superhero kind of you know, themed or whatever. So it, it definitely, I don't know. I, I, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to say that that was realistic. Right. Like, so, but you know, uh, like, I, I've not heard good reviews of snake guys. Yeah. I, I will say though, however, if you are a GI Joe collector, the classified series, they look nice. The new one's coming out and they're more like the uh, original, real American heroes in six inch. But they're they're twenty dollar toys. They're for collectors. They they are they're finding that market now. So I think Resolute, you know, kind of kind of broke that ground. It was like GI Joe really isn't for kids anymore. I think at this point for a GI Joe podcast, I wanted to give a shout out to Hooded Cobra Commander seven eight eight. Look up his YouTube channel, Timmer Half the Battle. He does GI Joe content too. And also the Full Force podcast, they do really good G.I. Joe stuff. Yo, Joe! Come in, Aaron Moss, codename Head. I have an important mission for you, son. I need you to podcast about G.I. Joe, a real American hero, the comic book series previously published for Marvel Comics, currently being paid out by IDW. Um, which issues, uh, General Hawk? Issues? What, son? You're going to cover the entire run, plus the yearbooks, special missions, order battle, everything, along with the cartoon. Wowzer, sir. That's a mighty large mission. That's why I'm assigning you several other Joes as they're available to help. And uh, how do I report my findings? Monthly at our main site, gijoe.headspeaks.com, on iTunes, and Stitch Radio. Submit your report under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, anything else, sir? You can get further information on the social medias, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, all under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismiss, soldier. Yes. Sir, now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. 
If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Fan Holes Podcast, you can check it out over on the Blogspot. It's fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm not putting up with any more of your crap. Signing off. Hey, it's Mike. Yo, Jim, I want to say. This is Tony, and I like G.I. Joe. It's a good franchise. And on that note, I will say, Cobra! Let's eat! much just a little <clears throat> gassy <laughs> i got the toots <laughs> yeah, i ate something that didn't agree with me so my stomach's been rumbling all day i feel you it happened yo yes but hopefully tomorrow i'll i'll take a as the kids say an epic poo and it'll be all good <laughs> yo dog i took a monster shit yesterday and it was fucking <laughs> awesome Yes. Tomorrow, I will take an epic poo, and I won't have to put up with any of your crap. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's true, because it won't be inside you know, the body anymore. So, it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most <laughs> metaphorical and literal. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. <Ugh. laughs> uh, but hard, otherwise, I'm okay. You thought I couldn't clone a clone? Of course I can clone a clone. I, I, I thought it was. I thought it sounded good in my head. Oh. I mean, All I right. mean, Django, Django Fed did it. <laughs> I'm just a man making my way to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs>